You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. I want us to pray together. I go to open our eyes tonight. I want you to please open your mouth to begin to speak. That any area of your life that has been afflicted by spiritual battles, that the Lord will open your eyes. The Lord in his infinite mercy will teach you how to war. Father, we ask that you take charge of this service. It is not by accident that any one of us is here tonight. The word that you have prepared is for this time and it's for this season. Open our ears to hear, Lord. Open our minds to be alert. Quicken us, Father, to do the things that we ought to do. And thank you because we are more aware of the devices and the wiles of the enemy in Jesus' name. Praise God. Shall we be seated? Spiritual warfare. What is warfare? When you think of warfare, what do you think about? It's going to be interactive. What do you think about? Thank you. You're right, actually. When you think about warfare, you think about battle, and you think about violence, and you think about attack, and you eventually get to blood. But... With every battle, somebody is meant to die. True or false? Yep. And so, we know about physical combats. We know about physical battles. We know about emotional battles and emotional challenges and issues. And we want to talk about spiritual battles and what does it mean to be in a spiritual combat? What does it mean to be spiritually attacked? Because when we are in spiritual warfare, it means that somebody is attacking another person, correct? Yeah. And, you know, in modern Christianity, we almost want to pretend that spiritual warfare doesn't exist. And I want to say this evening that it's actually one of the devices the enemy is using to attack us. When you're oblivious to something, it means you're not knowledgeable about it. It means that you choose not to want to know anything concerning that aspect of life. And so the enemy is more likely to plague you due to ignorance. Praise God. And so we refuse to be ignorant as a church. I'd like us to open our Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 5. And um, to be honest, I didn't want to frighten you, but what I actually wanted to title this was getting to know the devil. But I know some people who just, they just sit at the edge of their chair. So, but that's, that's the person we want to get to know today. Who is this guy? You know, 
And, you know, somebody said something profound to me that we all think that the enemy is, the devil is red and he wears horns. But honestly speaking, the devil sometimes looks really dapper. The devil wears lipstick. Sometimes the devil wears a three-piece suit. Are you there, people? Yeah. And so I just want you to be aware of who the enemy that we're dealing with is. And the Bible says that he may not, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but the real combat is against principalities and against powers, rulers of spiritual wickedness in the heavenly realm. And that's what we're talking about today. Praise the Lord. And so in Mark 5, it's um, a story that we're pretty conversant with. And it was Jesus encountering a person who was demon-possessed. And there are just a few things that I want to highlight before we go to the meat of the matter. In 5, you know, the Bible says that, and when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no one could bind him, not even with chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains and the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken into pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And I paused here for a bit. So this guy was unruly. This guy was cantankerous. This guy, you know, um, had to dwell in the graveyard because he couldn't live amongst people. And I just try to think of what the direct significance of that in today's world. And I'm going to say some things tonight that is going to push your button a little bit. And his dwelling was amongst the tombs and no one could bind him, not even with chains. And the Bible then says that, and always night and day he was at the mountains and in the tombs crying out and cutting himself with stones. There's so many words that medical science, there's so much terminology out there that we've used to um, make nice all these descriptions that have been put down here. And this is where we're going because the enemy, the Bible has warned us that we shouldn't be unaware of the wiles, the devices, the tactics, the game plan of the enemy. And so when the enemy uses pretty terminology, all right, to redefine something that we all know, it becomes generally accepted that, well, because medical science is saying this is what its new term is, it's okay. We're going there. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. That also struck out to me. 
And he called out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. That also struck out. So you mean the power of God is also a torment? You mean that the power of God is also a terrorizer? You mean that demons actually run away and they back off from the evident power of the Most High God? It's good to know. And he said to him, come out of the man on clean spirit. And he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So, the, so all the demons begged him, saying, send us to the swine that we will enter him. And once Jesus gave them permission, you know, and so by themselves, they were also, they were actually waiting for permission. Yeah? We're going to go into the character of the devil, Satan. You know, we're going to talk about him. But then we have this, he's spooky, all right, but then we have this um, fear that comes to us as children of God. And most times it's because we do not understand the limitations that the, 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 the demonic powers have. And Mark 5 is sharing with us very clearly that even these powers, they waited. They knew they were going to be cast out, but they couldn't go out by themselves. They waited for the direction. Are you there, people? And, and at once, Jesus gave them permission, and the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000 pigs, and that also scared me. So you mean embodied in one human being was the kind of spirit that would enter 2,000 pigs and drive them into water. My goodness. It also shows the complexity of us human beings and the kind of things that we can carry. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to rush to 15. And it says, and there came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and the legion sitting and he was clothed and in his right mind and they were afraid. And so almost the direct opposite happened because further down, he said he got into the boat and as Jesus was leaving, the demon-possessed guy says, please, I want to be with you. And in 19, Jesus did not permit him. He said, go home to your friends and tell them the great things that the Lord has done for you. Like a sharp contrast between this guy and after his deliverance, he became somebody totally different. It means that the direct opposite happens when you are embodied and you're carrying the power and the spirit of God. And it's amazing how we look totally different when we're carrying an unclean spirit. What are some of today's similarities that I notice here? It says that 
He was dwelling in the tombs. He was uncontrollable. He couldn't reason any longer. Everything that he did was really different to what normal people were doing to the point where he started isolating himself. And we're going to talk about the signs of being in warfare. He started isolating himself, and I want you guys to think. Some of the things that plague us today, they come from isolation. They come from when there's popular reason, there's reason, sensible reason, and for some reason, we just decide to do the opposite. Praise God. He was also strong. He was also strong. He had strength. They said they put shackles on him to bind him. The guy would break it. It means demonic powers have physical strength. Day and night, the guy cried. And he would cut himself. He would cry. You can't be at peace if you're crying. You can't be at peace if, you know, almost like he was out of sorts. He was not settled. He was under torment. Praise God. But then, it's amazing how this guy that was full of physical power, he wanted to isolate himself. He was self-destructive, you know. He recognized the power of God. And that's the honest truth. Demonic spirits recognize the power of the Most High God. When they see it, they know it. When they see it, they recognize it. They're, 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 they're not, um, 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 they, it's not, they're not ignorant of it. They know it. And I would have thought that what he would have said is, deliver me. I don't recall the guy said so. You're crying. You're cutting yourself. You recognize the one who can deliver you. But yet, it also goes to show that demonic spirits are terrible in that they don't want our deliverance. So it's one thing to recognize that this is the right way. It's another thing to have the impetus to go in that direction, true or false. Yes. So demonic spirits, although they know that, you know, you're coming to church, for instance, it's one thing to come to church, it's another thing to connect. Do you see where I'm going? Yeah. So, you know, we say, ah, the person comes to church every Sunday, the person is here, yeah, this guy recognized Jesus. But then Jesus went a step further and said he was sending the spirit out. And he asked him, what is your name? And that also struck me. What is your name? Because your name is what you're identified by. Your name is what you're called. If somebody says talk by instinctively, I would turn. Yeah. What is your name? Who are you? And I'm sure his name is not really Legion. 
But then it is what you carry that becomes you. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's what you carry. It's what you do. It's what you're about that becomes you. That's what you're recognized by. And so the guy said, Legion, because we are many. Oh, wow. We are many. And I had to stay there and I had to think about it also. Because sometimes when we think about our lives and the things that are going on in our lives, we find that when the enemy is able to get us down in one area, he doesn't relent. Once he's able to get us, once he's able to infiltrate through us, he would attack everything that can be attacked. Yeah. Everything that can be attacked. And it might start as simply as losing a job. And then idleness comes. I'm just giving an example. And from idleness, once we don't do anything about it, pornography comes in. Once we don't do anything about that, it's like a downward trail. I don't want to digress. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so I start with this, um, Jesus casting out the demons. So we recognize that because we are children of God, we have authority. But this is not to say that we shouldn't know who the person we're dealing with is. Through the Bible, Jesus addresses the devil. He speaks of him. And he addresses him directly. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we're opening the book of Ezekiel. Chapter 28. Are we there? And so people ask, does the devil really exist? Is he a figment of our imagination? You know... All these things that we say, we just want to scare little children. Is it like Santa Claus? Is it like the Tooth Fairy? You know. So I hope there's no child here. Any child here? No. There's a child? Okay. So I'm going to... There's no child. There's no Santa Claus. Does not exist. There's no Tooth Fairy. But the devil is real. Yes. The devil is real. He was a fallen angel. And Ezekiel 28 will start from verse 14. And God was saying to him, you were the anointed cherub with covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fairy stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created until iniquity entered. 16. By the abundance of your trading, so we know one thing for certain. Is it up? Okay. We know one thing for certain that he was an anointed cherub, he was one of the messengers, one of the um, right-hand people of God. He had faculties that he was heading. Yeah, he was respected. 
His name was Lucifer. Cherubs are those angels that have wings. He was that glorified. And God said that he was on the holy mountain of God. He walked back and forth commanding authority. He had people who reported to him. And then iniquity was found in him. And the iniquity came in form of pride. All of a sudden, he wanted to be like the one who made him. The created wanted to be like the creator. And isn't it natural and normal sometimes when you just see someone and you're like, ah, I can't do what you're doing now. Can a big deal? Do you understand? Ah. Why are you doing, Seth? Is it not myself, Inja Michael, Inja Gabriel? Are we not the one walking? Don't lie. Even in your offices, you say that too. Talk to me. Don't you say that? You'll be like, Madam will just sit down on her chair. You go, go there. You do it. Bring the reports. Yeah. Send the email. And then you just be like, hey, see you. Monkey, they walk. I didn't say that though. <laughs> yeah. And that's how Lucifer felt. Just felt, ah, Kilode. And 16 says, by the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within. And you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountains of God. And I destroyed you, O covering cherub, for the, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. I paused here. Because of your beauty. Lucifer was beautiful. Lucifer here was something to behold. Yeah. And honestly, beauty can make you puffed up. Do you know that? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. When somebody says you're a fine girl, the way you even start to walk, if you were walking very... And then they say, you just hear a cat call. Somebody should do that. Whistle, please. I don't know how to whistle. Come on, you just begin to cut, walk all of a sudden, true or false? Yeah. It doesn't happen to you. Eh? All of a sudden, you see a group of guys sitting somewhere. I, I, no, you see a group of babes sitting somewhere. What do they call them now? Chicks or babes? Chickens. (laughs) How's it called? Babes, you see babes sitting somewhere, and then all of a sudden you start to bounce. I mean, they don't bounce again. They bounce, ah, uh, ah, uh, you just start to bounce. <laughs> yeah, that's when you want to bring out your new phone. Hello? Nobody's calling you. Hey. Packaging. Yeah. And then when you see a group of blokes, it is? I'm trying now. Is it blokes? Guys, sorry now. When you see a group of guys, you know, just tuck your tummy in. Even me, I'm trying. Tuck your tummy in, you know. They say, tuck tummy, make shit fine. Suck belly, tuck it in, and then you walk tall. Abby? Aha. Yeah, there's something about being beautiful that just makes you feel better. 
And that's how Lucifer felt. He felt beautiful. You know, a little part of me then started wondering, mm, how ugly was Angel Gabriel? Mm. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> anyway. And, but those are all the thoughts that went through my head, you know, that how did these guys look? Why did this guy feel so puffed up? Hmm. So because of his beauty, he became puffed up. And because he was puffed up, his pride rose to the place where he started comparing himself with the Most High. Yeah. And there's something about pride that is very visible. Do you agree? Yeah. When you are prideful, when you're a proud person, there's, there's a look you have. True? True? There's a look, there's a gaze, there's a walk that then later translates to a talk that you have. Yeah? Yeah. There's, a, there's also a look for humility. True or false? Yeah. And so I can imagine God sending him on an errand and, you know, we do it all the time. I'm a parent and, you know, you send your child and I know when my, child, my children are being prideful, you know, they just begin to walk slow. Hurry up, my friend. Mm, it's as if, you know, yeah. But there's also something about humility when the person is just scuttling to do what, you know, you ask them to do. Correct? Yeah. And so his pride started showing and he got banished. But then God says something here. He said, you corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. And this was somebody who walked and talked with God. I can't imagine how knowledgeable Lucifer was. He walked and, I mean, mere mortals. Some people say some profound things and you're like, what? Where did that come from? That's when we use the word and profound, correct? Yeah, a word. You know, the person has said something and you're like, wow, that person is deep. Now, imagine an angel that walked, lived, talked with God. Goodness. He knew too much. I think this is very insightful because God is saying to us that your wisdom was corrupted. So his wisdom was not taken away from him. It was just corrupted. So coupled with everything that he knew, this guy then started having vile thoughts. Dangerous. And this is why we're told all the time, don't be unaware of the tactics of the enemy. Because this guy knows your MO. He knows you. Yeah. He came at a time where he knew everything that was encoded into the human DNA. So he knows what makes you tick. How to turn you on? He knows. Coupled with that knowing, he then has vile thoughts to steal from you. Yeah? To kill you and to destroy you. My goodness. 
So almost like the direct opposite of the thoughts that God has towards us. His own thoughts are good and they are pure to bring us to an expected end. Yeah. Praise God. I cast you to the ground and I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities. He defiled his sanctuaries. And what's a sanctuary? A sanctuary is somewhere that has been kept clean. Right? Yeah? For worship. And so Lucifer being in charge of sanctuaries in the heavenlies, he corrupted those sanctuaries. He would tell his protégés, ah, waiting, we're not walking today, ah, let's strike. Every day, sing, 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 waiting. Ah. Yeah. And those ones will be like, yes, sir. You're the boss. As I said. <laughs> tell me something. How do you say, I agree with you in a cool way? <laughs> Sorry? Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, Lucifer, you make sense. Thank you. Do you understand? Yeah. And they started rebelling. And God said, you and all your cronies, get out. But you know, to come to earth, you can only come because even the Lord Jesus could only come in a body. Right? Yeah. He could only interact on the face of this earth as a body. But these guys were chased out. Hmm. And I'll take you somewhere in Ephesians where it talks about this. They were chased out, chased down. And this is why it talks about the heavenly realms. Ephesians 6, somewhere you can look at it. It talks about the heavenly realms. So, these demons and Lucifer, they roam to and fro, right? But guess what? They're in the air. This is why the Bible says that Lucifer, the devil, is the owner of the power of the air. So, the very air we breathe, there's somebody who's got the power. Do you see my point? Yeah. And so, for the devil to operate on our level, he needs to take sometimes what kind of form? Human form. He needs to take human form. And he's so smart. So in African magic, they'll put a bed sheet on somebody. Then they'll say, ghost. <laughs> Those are the fakest. That's the fakest level. Do you understand? That's not a dangerous level. If you understand what I mean. If you are in your bedroom. Suppose I don't go to sleep this night. <laughs> if you are in your bedroom, right? And you see something walking in your bedroom. Say you get up and you say, blood of Jesus, right? Uh, life point. What will you do? 
Mommy! Daddy! Who you call? No, 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 no. I'm concerned now. Who are you going to call? Do you know the song that came to my mind? Uh, who can think of it? Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters! <laughs> so who are you going to call, really? If you hear... Yeah? You still be laughing. <laughs> Devil, leave me today. I want to sleep. What are you going to say? Blood of Jesus. Is that how you say it? Blood of Jesus. Dem lady, what would you do? You know you're big, so you're going to come out and be like, what's up? Is that what you're going to do? Oh, you're going to shrivel up and cry? What are you going to do? You rebuke it. How are you going to rebuke it? In the name of Jesus. So I will say, in the name of Jesus, you foul spirit. By whatsoever name you are called, I rebuke you. What? 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 What's wrong, guys? Oh, as calm as I. Okay, so show me your aggressive self. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's practice. So I will say, in the name of Jesus, I come under. <laughs> He's a calm, come on now, he's a calm person. Uh, in the face of danger, I'm trying to think, what will I do? Especially tonight that my husband is not home. Oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Praise God. In all of this, what are we saying? It's easier to break out in tongues, cast it, when you can see it. But when it comes subtly, like your habits, that's you. That's you. You press the button. You open the laptop. You connect to Wi-Fi. You press pawn. You press enter. Oh, wow. You're good. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? Spiritual warfare. What are you going to do when it's your colleague? Little subtle nuances. Our boss is not bad. Though. I just got a, an ML. Got three kids and a wife at home. But still not bad. His wife is not even fine. And she gives him hell. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to say, I bind me? (laughs) What are you going to do? That's warfare. That is warfare. When it comes subtly. 
says the devices, the tactics, the game plan of the devil. Don't be unaware. Okay. Let me console you. Ephesians 6.11 says, we have a responsibility, and that is to put on the full armor of God so we can take our stand against the devices of the enemy. So we should put on the full armor And this is the way to prepare for these battles. So I I started considering, I'm going to use a very mild example as I round up. So I love, I'm a sweet tooth. And every morning I wake up and I say, I'm not going to have any chocolates today. And I'm convinced. Then, at six o'clock. So I'll see rice, pounded yam, beans, whatever, spaghetti. I don't like them. When it is six o'clock, I've been working all day. I now feel like going to the supermarket. Right? I don't have a list. But it's my favorite pastime. Then I say I want to reward myself for hard work. So I get there, and a responsible woman should go buy a carton of indomie, right? And maybe eggs for her household. I don't like those aisles. I like the aisles that they call my name. Honestly, I hear them. As in, no, I'm not even joking. My PA is here. I literally hear them. I hear, me, me, talk about me, me, me. They've reduced me by 50 naira, me. I hear. Yeah. And at those times, I know the right thing to do. And you think, you mean I should put on my whole armor, helmet, and all, because of twigs. Sorry? Stop it. You think so. But then, Shakara will say, uh-uh, come on. It's just one. No, Shakara will say, how can you put on the other ammo because of tweaks? Do you see what I'm saying? When I should be kabashing, and I should go back into my car. I kid you not, I've spent warfare, I've spent hours on the aisle. I kid you not, the attendants come to check the eye. You know, I've been there too long. There are CCTV cameras. This is one woman. Does she want to steal it? Does she want to? Who, why? If you want to buy, buy. Madam, can we help you? I'm fine. I'm in between crying and laughing. Yeah. And when I'm done, if you play that thing, and when I'm done, Rather than, I know how I feel every night when I'm done. I won't tell you how many. When I'm done with my packets of tweaks, I feel horrible. I feel terrible. And it's out of that terribility that the next day I say I won't do it. 
Do you understand? But then the next day, I go back. Warfare. Subtle. Simple. But isn't that how we become slaves to our habits? Yeah. And things are at stake. Things are always at stake. Everything that's going to land in the direction of killing you in some way. Stealing from you in some way. Destroying you in some way. It's the handwork of the devil. I want us to get up to pray. I want us to begin to pray. Because God's plans for us, they are good. They are excellent. And they are directed at taking us to an expected end. But sometimes we lack the willpower. Sometimes we lack the foresight. I want us to pray for strength. It's one thing to know. Because you know that crazy guy? He recognized Jesus. He may have been in a service just like this one. And he knew that power was available. But rather than ask for help, he just pretended like he didn't need help. The way I'm experiencing warfare may be very different to the way you are experiencing yours. At the end of it all, it all has to do with destruction, debilitation, stagnancy, no productivity. You know, if it is the internet, you know how you are experiencing your own warfare. Yeah. The devil does not come in horns. Just like that madman, there's power in the house. And God is asking you, who is it that is on the inside of you that you want to exchange tonight? What do you want to exchange tonight? What do you want to give up tonight? I want you to call it by the name that it is. I want you to call the demon by the name that it is. Part of the person's liberation was that he was able to say, We are many. What is it? That is stopping you from connecting with God. What is it that is barring you? We saw the evident transformation with that guy. We saw it after the demon had been, the demons had been cast out. The guy transformed. He became sin. He could converse. Shaka. He was irrecognizable. God has a change of story for you. 
He has something waiting for you on the other side. But something needs to give way first. You have been isolated. You can't connect with God. The isolation with that guy was that he was living in the graveyard. The isolation sometimes with us is that we cannot connect to insight. God has things that he wants to share with you and tell you about your future. But you cannot connect because you are isolated. I'm praying today that every shackle that's holding you down. The Lord just used one word. He said, get out. Whatever you call that thing that you're battling with, I command you out in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we say thank you. You are the one who opens the eyes of our understanding. As our eyes have been opened today, Father, we see more, we see clearly, we act wisely in the name of Jesus. We're aware of the tactics, the game plan of the enemy, and Father, you have given us dominion tonight. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.